All right, guys. Welcome. All right. This is so amazing. So fun. Just so much evidence of God's faithfulness here. So just to give you a little preview of the morning, we are going to be, first of all, opening up the Bible. We're taking a break from our series in Exodus. We're going to spend a shorter time in the Bible, about 20 minutes. And then Travis and Jordan are going to get up, and they're going to walk us through the booklet. Now, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I think I feel like this mix right now of excitement and terror, because we're taking this huge step of faith together. And I was reminded of the excitement of it and our limitations this week in a combination of a conversation with my son, Gabe, and my wife, Melissa. So my son, Gabe, comes to me at one point this week, and he says, unsolicited, the most beautiful thing, he says, Dad, I am going to give all of my money to the building campaign. And he actually brought his bank to church this morning. And he said, because I want to meet in the church building, and I can't wait for that. And the, the way that this works in, in my family is often my wife Melissa and I are like ships passing in the night, so we only talk at night about what happened during the day. So I hadn't told Melissa that story yet, and she put Gabe to bed that night, and Gabe's conversation with her that night was that he learned a new cuss word at school. <laughs> and so he had learned a new cuss word at school, and he ended up calling my wife the B word in explaining to her what word he had learned, which is kind of like cool, right? When you're in kindergarten, you learn a new cuss word. That feels like a step toward maturity. So anyway, we get him to bed. Melissa comes out, and I tell her the exciting news that he wanted to give to the building campaign, and she tells me the B word story. And I was like, I think that that encapsulates kind of us, just as people, right? We're excited in a way to be generous and to give, but we also have this lurking sinfulness inside of us that would keep us from doing what we would want to do. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a simple verse in the Bible in Philippians chapter 4, and I hope that God is going to speak to each one of us and both inspire us and convict us. So Philippians chapter 4, we're actually looking at verses 19 and 20. And this, these verses have been a tremendous encouragement to me in planting Salt City Church. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is really interesting because the context of these verses is that the Apostle Paul has written to this Philippian church who has been super generous to him in his ministry. And you can kind of experience what they were experiencing. They've been super generous financially to him, and he's going around planting churches. But what they're wondering is, okay, we've been generous to the kingdom of God. Now who's going to take care of us? And Paul's answer to them is that you can never outgive God. That God is going to meet all of your needs. And so what I want to do is just spend an extended time 
of kind of looking back, looking at what God is doing now, and then looking forward by meditating on this reality that God meets all of our needs. And so the first point that I want to reflect on is that he has. He has met all of our needs. So you notice in the text, it's really interesting because it says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, that's really interesting because the Philippians had given money to Paul. And Paul is saying that God is going to meet your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so here's what Paul's saying. There's something all of us need more than money. We need to see Jesus move in this world. See, the the security and the satisfaction that all of us are looking for in our lives will never be achieved by having more money in your bank account. The security and satisfaction that you were made to experience and to know in your life is to behold the glory of Jesus. In other words, to see the beauty of Jesus at work in our broken world. And from the beginning, Salt City has been a place where we have seen the beauty of Jesus at work in our broken world. So just taking you back to 2016, I remember the feeling that I first had when God began to call me and give me a dream to plant a church here in the Twin Cities. And the best way that I could describe the feeling that I had at first was terror. It was absolute terror. Because I'm stepping out in faith, I've got five kids, we've got bills to pay, we're moving cities, and I'm asking myself the question, is God going to bring anyone? Is anything going to happen? And I remember having this feeling that I described to other people as like living on an island. And I was trying to invite other people onto that island with me because I wanted it to go to like a deserted island to like a party island. And thank the Lord that it quickly became that. But we moved up here and there was a team of five of us on our staff and people started jumping in to our core team. But we didn't just want there to be a bunch of people that were already Christians who were part of our church. We really wanted to see Jesus move in this city. We wanted to see lost people meet him. And, and we really felt desperate because we were new to the city. We were trying to get adjusted to living in new communities. We were trying to meet new people and make friends. And, and we were just wondering, like, is this going to happen? Are, are we just going to sort of sheep steal and get people from other churches? Or are we going to get to see God do a work in the Twin Cities? And so something happened. Like, what I've learned over time is that when you walk by faith, often setbacks are springboards toward the future. And I remember we were so disappointed because we wanted to have our first baptism service at Graduate Hotel. And Graduate told us, that we couldn't have a baptism service there because we were afraid, they were afraid that we were going to get water on their nice carpet. And so we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And when you're a church plant, finding space is not easy at all. And so we're like, how are we going to find a space to meet on a Sunday morning to have a baptism service? And we couldn't find a space. And so we decided that we were going to meet at night 
for our baptism service. And we had no idea how that was going to go. And we decided to call it the most Baptist event that we've ever done, baptism worship potluck, which is now like a staple of our church. And I remember meeting at Hope Community Church for that first BWP. And we had been in faith believing that God was saving people. And we'd been hearing whispers of stories and and we'd been excited about what he's doing, but we didn't know exactly what he had done. And I remember sitting in that service and watching person after person get baptized. And one of the most memorable stories at that baptism service was when Dave Orlowski got baptized. And Dave's story was really cool because um, his son had been part of Salt Company at Iowa State when I was there. And I remember meeting with Nick one-on-one, grabbing coffee, encouraging him in his relationship with Jesus. And then I hadn't seen Nick for a long time, and I had moved to Iowa City and been there for five years, and then moved to the Twin Cities. And all of a sudden, Dave and his wife Beth are coming to our service. And I remember talking to Dave in the lobby because he was considering coming to my connection group at my house, which he was really nervous about. He would tell you because I'm the pastor. And he's like, I'm not one to jump that into Christianity, like jump into the pastor's house for connection group. And, And so he finally came. But then he got baptized at that service. And and I just remember it was such an evidence of God's grace to me because of the humility that Dave showed. Here, he's decades older than the next person getting baptized, and he's authentically sharing about how Jesus was transforming his life, was at work in his life, and he was getting baptized. And, And just to illustrate it for all of us, those of us who are there, totally remember this. Dave wanted his wife Beth to hold him underwater for an uncomfortably long period of time to show that he was dead to his old way of life and was now alive to Christ. And she she did. And it was really awkward, but amazing (laughs) at the same time. Just hold. And some people in the crowd didn't know what was going on. But, But I remember there just like smiling and just being like, this is such an authentic work of God's grace. And, and you could pull any person aside who's been part of our church family from the beginning, and you could hear stories from their vantage point of how God did the impossible. He, from the beginning of our church, has been bringing people from death to life. And he has begun this good work in us, and he has promised that he's going to bring it to completion. Now, we believe as a church that these are some of the best days that we've ever had as a church. We're not just looking back, we're also looking at the present. And we're we're not just saying that he has met our needs, we're also saying he is meeting our needs right now. One of my good friends has told me that vision isn't being able to see into the future. Vision is being able to discern what Jesus is doing right now. And guys, I think that this is one of the most incredible times in the life of Salt City Church. And I think that for us to rightly apply this verse and to believe that God is meeting all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus is for us to open the eyes of our heart and to be thankful for this. Guys, people live their whole lives and they never get to be a part of something like this. 
They never get to come in a building like this and dream about what could happen. They never get to say, thank you to God for being able to participate in something like this. We say all the time here at Salt City that it's like we're standing under the waterfall of God's grace and we're trying to catch it in a Dixie cup. We just feel like God's grace is overflowing to us. And so I think one of the ways that generosity instead of sin is cultivated in our hearts is for us to move from a place of cynicism to a place of thanksgiving. And so I'd just like you to meditate with me on some of the things that God has done. So the reality that we're in this building right now is a huge gift of God's grace that also started with a setback. So if you'll remember a couple years ago, we were on the 10-yard line of purchasing a building less than a mile here from here on Broadway Avenue. And one of the hang-ups that we had with that building, although we felt like God was leading us to move forward, was it didn't have great parking. And I remember walking away from that building, largely because of COVID, and just feeling like this sense of disappointment, but also a sense of anticipation, like God was going to provide something better for us. And we're sitting in that something that was better for us. And so one of the things that I'm thankful for is this building. Another thing that I'm thankful for in the life of our church is the emergence of Jennifer Tuttle and Travis Manderfield, specifically for this season in the life of our church. So just before purchasing this building, we were able to hire Travis. And Travis formerly worked for Boston Scientific. He's now the executive pastor of our church, and he has been doing an amazing job at running point on the building project. Honestly, it was already getting to be too overwhelming to be on my plate, and God brought Travis along to kind of take the baton, and he's like, it's like me handing the baton off to Usain Bolt. It's like he is much better at doing this than I ever was, and so I'm super thankful. And then Jennifer has been largely responsible for putting events like this together and is going to be jumping on our staff full-time as our director of operations. And so I feel like with a facility, yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. So, so guys, God has not just provided the physical space, but he has provided people with different giftings than we're currently represented on our team to run the things that God is asking us to steward. So I'm thankful for the building. I'm thankful for staff. Guys, tonight at our elder meeting, we're going to be announcing, or tonight at our family uh, feast, we're going to be announcing a couple new elders that we've added onto our team. So Dave Hunting and Josh Lawson have been brought onto our elder team. And I feel like what's been so awesome about them jumping in is we're anticipating growing even more as we get in this building. In fact, across our network, our churches have grown by an average of 30% when they get into a new building. And we were feeling like, man, we need shepherding help. There's tons of needs that people have in our church, and we need more leaders to be raised up. We went through an 11-week process with those guys, and they emerged as elders 
in our church. And I'm just so thankful that as God provided this building, he not only provided new staff, but he also provided new leaders in our church. Because we don't just want to be a big crowd. We want to be a family where people are well taken care of. And then the other thing that I see that's super cool is in Salt Company. Guys, God has gifted us with three amazing young directors in Salt Company. So Tony Lee has emerged as a director of Salt Company. Those of you who are at at St. Thomas and in St. Paul, you guys know how much of a blessing Tony's gifts are to you guys as college students. And then on the University of Minnesota side, one of the first conversations I had coming back from sabbatical was Drake Epkis is feeling this calling into counseling ministry, and he's been getting a counseling degree, so he's going to be moving over to the community side next year, but Colin Provart has emerged as a salt company director at the University of Minnesota, and then kind of his right-hand woman is Abby Bang, and she's been doing an awesome job as an associate director there, and so God has provided not only at the community level, but also at the college level, just emerging leaders who are doing an amazing job and are taking care of our students super well. And I think that the fruit of all of this, right, when you have this awesome facility coming, when you have staff, when you have elders, when you have great leaders, is that the mission of Jesus is able to keep on going forward. And one of the stories that I just heard over the past couple weeks that's been developing over this year is uh, the story of a guy named Jaleel who's at University of St. Thomas. And he came to know Jesus uh, this year. And uh, he got invited by a friend, showed up at Salt Company, and he's just never stopped coming. And uh, Tony sent me a podcast that that Jaleel had done with a guy who's not a Christian at St. Thomas. But but this guy who's not a believer, he's interviewing Jaleel because he's just so intrigued by what's happening at Salt Company. And he's asking him questions. And Jaleel has been a Christian for like six months, and he is doing an amazing job defending the faith. And he's leading other people to come to know Jesus. In fact, he's, he kind of accidentally started a prison ministry, and he's asking if he can get a couple guys that he's led to Christ in jail baptized at our next BWP. Guys, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. Like, like I feel like we could, we could read the book of Acts as a church right now, which is sort of a highlight reel of what happened in the first century church, and we can say, not the Holy Spirit is a legend who used to do amazing things, sort of like an 80s basketball player, but that the Holy Spirit who was at work in the lives of the apostles is at work in our church, and he is doing amazing things. And so we say... Thank you, because Jesus has not only supplied our needs in the past and is supplying our needs now, but it's with faith that we look at what God is doing in the past, and we believe that the best indication of what God will do in the future in our church is what he's done in the past. And here's what I want you to jump on board with me on, is not that just that he has and that he is, but that he will continue to do amazing things. So we should have a vivid anticipation of what God will do in the future. Because, remember, 
This church started with a small group of people who moved from Iowa believing that God would do something significant in our city. And it started off small. And this right here is evidence that he has been faithful to us. And so what happens if we get into this facility on a weekly basis with a seven or 800 seat auditorium and children's classrooms and a parking lot? Can you just imagine with me what could happen in this building if we would all get on board and say, Jesus, it's not my money, it's your money. It's not my life, it's your life. Like, one of the things that I imagine happening, one of the bummers for me with BWP is that it got too big and we weren't able to do a potluck anymore. And so part of, I know it's like a small thing, but, um, but here's the thing, like, with the lobby space out there, which will be roughly the same size as it is now, a little bit bigger, we will be able to baptize people in our building, but also set up round tables all throughout this room and out there. We'll be able to share a meal together, which I, I just find sharing a meal together is a way to connect with somebody in a way that you don't when you're not sharing a meal together. And so we'll be able to share a meal together as a whole church family. And then we'll be able to come into this auditorium and we'll be able to hear story after story of people like Jaleel who went from death to life in this building. And they'll tell stories about how they met a smiling face in the lobby, or they heard from the Word of God on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday or Thursday night, and how their life was completely transformed, how they were headed literally for hell, and now are filled with the hope of the gospel. And and here's the thing. I want you to have the satisfaction of having participated in that. Now, I know that there's a risk, right? Because I don't want to come off as like a used car salesman in this, but we are asking for money. But I'm asking for something more than that. I'm asking for each person in this room to believe by faith that their investment in the kingdom of God expressed in this local church is worth it and will echo on into eternity. So as I've thought about this, the best analogy I could think of is I feel like it's like 1997, and I just met Jeff Bezos. And he's like, hey, I'm starting this book company, but here's sort of my vision for this book company that I'm going to sell online. It's really just I'm testing the market, and I'm figuring out the systems, but really I'm going to build Amazon into this amazing thing. And And I'm basically saying to you guys, hey, I want you to make a sacrifice now that will pay dividends in an incredible way long term. And guys, I really can't think of a better thing to invest in than this. And and yes, it will feel like a sacrifice, but there will be joy along the way as we see Jesus being glorified in this place and that satisfaction that we have even in being in this room together right now and in the future on this earth is just a small taste of what we will experience in eternity. Can you guys imagine with me meeting someone 
in heaven who came to Christ because of the sacrifice that you make here. That's what's on the line. And I want all of us to go all in on it and to participate so that you can experience seeing the glory of Jesus with me. All right, let's pray. And then um, Travis and Jordan are going to come up and walk through the booklet with you guys. Give us some details. All right, Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. We... Um, Yeah, we both are excited and we want to give, but there's also just this greedy kind of sinful impulse in each of us. And we want that that excitement and that um, generosity to win. We want your spirit to win. And just ask that you would make this a spiritual experience for each of us. That you would convict us, but that you would also give us a vision for the investment that we're making and how worth it it is to go all in for your kingdom and how much better it is to find our satisfaction in what lasts than what is temporary. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.